Hello, everybody, and welcome to another broadcast of the One Word Podcast. I am Iron Petrie, along with my wife, my trusty sidekick, my own <laughs> trusty my, sidekick. <laughs> I like that. I guess my it's own, ball and chain. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my own, my own screen uh, producer, I should say, yeah. um, who is on screen with me. I had to have her on with me today because I needed her to help me out on this particular podcast. Because uh, my voice, as you can probably already hear, is not uh, normal. Uh, dealing with a little something, something, you know, the little something, somethings of life that we all kind of deal with. But I'm good, and I'm excited. I'm glad that you chose to take time out of your busy schedule today to join us on this podcast. And I believe this is going to be a blessing for you. I think the subject matter that we're going to discuss today uh, is going to further our understanding uh, concerning purpose, concerning God's plan for our lives, and I think it's going to take us uh, a step further in in what God has for you as well. And so I believe with all of my heart, you're going to gain a lot out of this. And mm-hmm. so if you would, do us a favor, if you have not already, if you're part of the Christ Nation's family, uh, share this podcast with those people that you love, family members, friends that you believe can benefit from hearing the Word of God. Uh, and let them know that we're on live. And if they can't watch it now, of course, they can always watch it later on all of the different platforms that we're on. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble. Um, that's that's video. Then we, of course, have the podcast, the audio podcast on our website and other places. What is it? Uh, all the rest of those podcasts. Yeah, yeah, you know them. You know them by now. We're, <laughs> we're, we're a podcast world by now. So you, you're aware you're aware of everything and every platform. So you can find us there, the One Word Podcast. And uh, we're just excited to have you with us. Sweetheart, um, I'm so thankful you're here. I'm glad you're, you're sitting here with Thanks, me. You're love. co-piloting this with me because uh, I definitely needed you for this morning. Now, I want to jump into something um, that I started on last week. And we were talking about... Uh, fulfilling your course, right? We were talking about walking in God's plan for your life and how that every person has a course, that you're not just here by happenstance, you're not just here uh, filling up space, but God has a definite course for you to run. And a lot of times people are not aware of that, and they think, well, purpose is kind of it's kind of whatever I discover, whatever I find that that uh, gives me a sense of purpose, that gives me a sense of value and meaning. And of course, purpose adds that to us. Mm-hmm. But it's a little heavier than that. It's a little weightier than that, that our Father God has created uh, a plan for our lives, and, and He has a course for us to run. Amen. And uh, our success in life is contingent upon how obedient we are to run that course. And we looked at scriptures uh, where... The Word of God talks about this, and the Apostle Paul talked about finishing his course with joy in Acts. He talked about, in Timothy, how he he had run and finished his course, and uh, he was now ready to be offered. And uh, we're going to revisit a verse of Scripture that um, I thought was very, very eye-opening, and I think it it lends to what we're going to talk about today. It's a beautiful segue into what we're going to be talking about today, because we're going to examine overcoming comparison. Overcoming comparison, because if there's one thing that tends to rob people of their divine call, their divine purpose and destiny, it is getting caught up in Satan's, uh, you know, he, he loves to play the mind games, mm. right? That's, he's a master at mind games. Absolutely. And, um, and he loves to twist us up in comparison and contrast with other people and other things and other callings and, and other purposes. And before you dismiss this as just being something for preachers or being called to ministry, 
Let me tell you, it's not. This has to do with everything in life that you could be assigned by God to do. Mm-hmm. This, this reaches over even into the secular world. It reaches over into secular thought, uh, where people are occupying space in the marketplace as well. So you want to hear this because this is really, really big. And, and I, I want to go back to a verse in Acts 13 and 25, and it provides somewhat of a foundation uh, for the discussion today, kind of a jumping-off point for it. And uh, this is where... where um, let me see. I think this is the writer is talking about. I think Paul is speaking, actually. And he's speaking about John the Baptist, though. And he says in verse 25 of, of Acts 13, and as John was finishing, and I'm reading from the New King James, his course, he said, who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Now, notice what he says, John, as John was finishing his course. So John had a course, John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. And then he says, as he was finishing his course, he said to his disciples, who do you think I am? I am not he. Now, notice John the Baptist was firmly cemented in his course and his identity. Absolutely. He was not someone sitting there trying to uh, be something he wasn't. No. He was very secure with who he was not. Mm-hmm. He was, I'm going to say that again because if there's one thing so important, my God, it is so important today. It is knowing who you aren't. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a huge amount of material in the world today that is being trafficked about, mm-hmm. about who you are. Yeah, about 99.9% of it. Yeah, (laughs) most of it's about who you are, who you are, are, knowing who you are, knowing your worth, knowing your value, knowing your space, your place, knowing your position, and I am all for that. (laughs) But every coin has to have two sides for it to spend, Mm. right? Uh, And there's another side of this record we need to play. There must be an acute understanding of who you are not. Because if you don't have that understanding, this is where comparison is going to ruin your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be, you're going to be Absolutely. in a never-ending battle with comparison and, and contrast with others and other things if you don't know who you're not. And here John, uh, the writer, is saying John knew who he wasn't. And he said, I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. He says, I'm not even on his level. Mm-hmm. I'm, not even, I'm not even close. I can't even stoop down and unloose his sandals. Mm-hmm. There's one coming. I've run my course, and in my course, I've been effective. I've been impactful. Mm-hmm. I have been obedient. And I have grown. I mean, people were coming out to see John in droves Absolutely. to the point that it upset the authority figures Absolutely. of his time. They were wanting to get they, they did behead him. Mm-hmm. They had to get rid of this man. So this man was a man of locust and wild honey. He had a very <laughs> unconventional approach. <laughs> John did his thing. But John was running his course, and in his course he was anointed. And he was impactful, influential. He gained notoriety. He drew crowds to him. People came to him. Uh, in huge numbers because he was running his course. But even in the process of being successful in his course, he knew his course had an end. And he knew his course 
had a limit. He knew his course had a cutoff. He knew his course had a boundary. So he understood this to the point to where he was able to securely say, guys, you just wait. Mm -hmm. There's somebody I'm running this course in front. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. I must decrease that he might increase. Absolutely. Now look at the humility in this man to run his course with success Mm -hmm. and still be willing to now fade into black because someone else is coming. Now, I bring this up because insecurity causes us not to be able to stay within the boundaries of our course. Mm. We tend to want to go over the boundary. We, t- we tend to want to reach into other things, even if we're not anointed to do them, even if we're not called to do them, even if we're not, um, it's not God's will for us. Because in our insecurity, we can't seem to be at home with what we're not, mm-hmm. We've, especially when we experience some degree of success. Mm-hmm. If we experience some degree of success, we say to ourselves, well, why isn't this uh, transferable? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why isn't this transferable to something else? Well, mm-hmm. my God, I raised up this so I can raise up that. Right. I did this so I could do that. And so we, we were called to do this. But because we do this so well, we think it transfers to that. And then we jump out to do that. And then we get opposition. And then there's all kinds of issues. And we say, well, it's the devil. The devil does oppose us in our purpose. I want to make this point very, very clear. Hmm. Satan does oppose us in our purpose because it's God's plan for our lives. So, of course, he's going to oppose us. He's our adversary. But we have to learn the difference in the body of Christ and as children of the Most High God. We've got to learn this difference. The difference between satanic opposition and stepping outside of your grace. (laughs) There is a difference. There is a major difference. There is a big difference. And and so much of the time, I don't think we understand that. So we kind of lump every opposition together. Like every struggle is Satan. Right. It's not disobedience. He just doesn't want me to have, doesn't want me to do, doesn't want me to become. Yeah, yeah. it's like every, everything, it's like Eve sitting in front of the tree and Adam, I mean, and, and Satan coming to, to Eve and saying, you know, God's holding out on you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he knows full well that if you eat of this tree, yeah. there's something to be gained. In essence, that, paraphrasing, but that's really that's the gist of what saying. he said to her. Absolutely. He said, he, God's holding out on you. So he accuses God of, of, of having something behind his back that he's not letting Eve see. Mm-hmm. And so Eve steps beyond the boundary. <laughs> she steps beyond the border of the grace and the favor and the blessing that she already is enjoying. Mm-hmm. And she steps out. And she attempts to uh, ascertain something that God doesn't want her to have. And, of course, she meets with death when she does so. And so much of the time, child of God, we've got to recognize there is a boundary to my calling. Amen. There's a boundary to my grace yes. and my anointing. Let me show you this, this in Scripture. Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 10. And I want to show you the Apostle Paul talking about these things. <clears throat> And we're going to, uh, once again, reading out of the New King James, I'm going to read it to you, uh, verses uh, 12 and 13 from the New King James. And it says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves 
by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a a sphere which especially includes you. (coughs) Excuse me. So we see here the Apostle Paul talking about, number one, his grace to the church at Corinth, but the limits of that grace to Corinth. Mm-hmm. Now, sweetheart, what do you see when you when you read that verse of scripture? Well, I was just going to say, going back to what you were talking about, about us thinking everything is transferable, that success can just be parlayed into anything. Um, it's kind of like that Holiday Inn Express philosophy. You know what I mean? You remember those commercials with Holiday Inn Express? Oh, yeah. Where somebody was out there like <laughs> trying to, you know, perform surgery in the ER. Because they, they stayed in Holiday Inn Express last <laughs> night. And that's sort of how we can, can start to become. But I think Paul really is what he's, what he's bringing out here mm. is just that I'm, I'm okay with my measure. Yeah. And sometimes we just don't ever have that come to Jesus that says, I'm satisfied in my measure because my measure means that I'm pleasing him. And if my measure means that I'm pleasing him, then that's all that I need to know. And I'm okay with that. Now, notice what he says. He says, I have a measure. Mm -hmm. Once again, we're reiterating the fact that God's plan for your life is not this invitation into something where I get to do whatever I want and whatever is uh, pleasing to me. Mm -hmm. right? That there is a measure of rule. Now, notice he says, number one, he says measure. And then in the New King James, it introduces limits of the sphere which God appointed to us. Talking about a a measure of influence, Mm -hmm. right? A measure or sphere of influence given to someone. So Paul here tells the church at Corinth, uh, because people are accusing Paul, and Paul is kind of defending his apostleship. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, look, to you Corinthians... We have been anointed and called to reach you too, right? You're not beyond our measure. Mm -hmm. But there are those that are are saying we are, but we're not. So we we see here Paul introducing to us the concept of measurement as it pertains to a calling. We see him introducing the concept of span of reach Mm -hmm. introduced into a calling, that someone can be blessed to do something, but there's a measure to it. Um, You know, you can see this even in the business world. People, uh, you can start a business, and if you don't understand this, you kind of get the idea. And everybody should aim for the stars. You know, I'm all for that. I'm all for people aiming for the the biggest and the greatest and the fulfillment of their potential. But some people will make comparisons of their business to Amazon, you know, or Apple, or... uh, they, they, they want to scale something to such a massive degree, and nobody ever stops to think, maybe that's not for them. Hmm. Nobody ever stops to think that perhaps I'm not supposed to have a 30,000-member church. Nobody stops to think about that. They think everything is supposed to, if they see it big, it's yeah. supposed to be uh, reproducible across the board. And that's not the case. When I read the scripture, I'll give you a case in point. When I read the word of God, and I open up the New Testament especially, I meet with predominantly the writings of one man, the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. So I read the Apostle Paul for 
two-thirds of the entire New Testament. Now, Peter walked with Jesus. James was his brother. John was the disciple he loved. You have all of these great disciples. You know, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke's gospel, right? But when it comes to this New Testament, we have the contribution of one man predominantly. Mm-hmm. Why? That was his measure. Now, his measure was bigger than Peter's as it pertains to being introduced into to holy canon. Right. It's bigger than James's, but they had their own measure as well. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, you don't get a complete picture without everybody's contribution, right? And so we have to learn there are different measurements here that there are different measures of rule, different measures of influence, different measures of reach, and we can't compare ourselves among ourselves, and we're going to be unwise when we do so because we could be comparing to a completely different measure. Absolutely. I think it's always interesting that the vying for for us as human beings is always about influence. It is about money to some degree, right? Mm. We do care about scale. That's true. But at the end of the day, I think it's all about our ability to persuade men to follow and have influence to to command attention or to command a room. And so I think that's that's part of the hang up, right? That that what lures us outside of God's plan and purpose is that we are attracted to what another man's measure is. His his measure of what? His measure of rule, his measure of influence, his measure of <coughs> persuasion yeah. over other people. And so, you know, you constantly have to remind yourself to stay humble. Right. To not to not become greedy for for the gain of men's affections, because mm. all of that is very fleeting anyway. But it's something that tantalizes the 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 human psyche, the human the human want for dominion. Right. It's not just enough to have dominion over things. We like to have dominion over people, not in a way that is not not necessarily in a way that m- means you're subjected to me. But like it's a, a tyrant. Yeah. Yeah. Not like a tyrant. But, but, I know in what a, you mean. but in a way that I can influence <coughs> and persuade you. I can move you. I can. You know what I mean? Simply by opening my mouth. Now, all of a sudden you run to the store and you're like, I got to buy that book. I have to yeah. buy this. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just it's Oprah's book club. Right. Yeah. Her ability to persuade men to move. So I think you have to be very careful because I think that really is at the end of the day what the devil tries to come and and put out in front of us is, mm. you know. If you had this big business, you know, you could have this audience with this person or that person. And, you know, when you said that, it made me think, you know, isn't that the reason why the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes, the, the Sanhedrin, the government of that time, the religious leaders of that time wanted to kill Jesus? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You see it many times in Scripture. That's the reason why they wanted to get rid yeah, of him. That's the reason. was because of influence. Yes. I mean, when you're healing the sick, you're raising the dead, yes. you're cleansing the leper, and you're teaching this, to them, radical mm-hmm. concept mm-hmm. called the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted to get rid of him because of influence. He was moving the people. And at many times, the scripture says in, in, in more than one place that they sought to take him, but they feared the they people. They feared the people. They because he, he had such an influence over people mm-hmm. because he was running his course yes. as a savior of the world. And they, they, they didn't, they didn't want to lose that. Yeah. They felt like it would turn on them. But, but isn't, that Man, what, that is so true. isn't that what Jesus offered to the disciples? He said, follow me and I'll make you what? Fishers of men, mm. right? So it's the same, it's the same idea. It's, it's influence. It's the ability to give people the, this good news um, to move them to a place of salvation and recognition of, of Christ Jesus as Lord, 
But, you know, in our frailty mm-hmm. as human beings and in that little eh, down there in the person <laughs> that, that, yeah. that wants to be great, that wants everybody to see their greatness, you know, we turn that into a headlong campaign of me and mm. how much you should love me and how much I bring to the table. And, you know, it's, it's just the device of Satan, which is why he went to Jesus and said, I'll give all of this. Oh, yeah. I'll give you. Yeah, you know you what I mean? If you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these kingdoms and everything else. It's the same. It's the same setup. And the thing is, when you're in your measure of rule, your grace, your calling, your course, you have that influence. Yes. But you have to be willing to stay in that measure of influence mm-hmm. and not try to manufacture greater. Yes. Stay in the influence that grace provides. Yes. Don't try to manufacture something more mm-hmm. because that's when you get into manipulation. That's when you get into the, you shift the locus of your ministry from God, the grace of God, to man made marketing ideas. Right. That's when you shift the business, whatever that business God Absolutely. gave you, and you're into that business for the purpose of serving humanity and, and putting your products out there and, and doing the thing that you're doing it from a good place. But when you try to step beyond the measure God's given you, that's when you start getting into the competitive jealousy and it starts to get into those things that you move, you lose your identity. And that's one of the things that comparison causes you to do is you lose your identity in the process of it all. You lose who you are. You lose the anointing that is, that is you, mm-hmm. that is on you from God. You lose that authenticity, and you're no, longer, you're no longer being who God called you to be. You're now being what you think will gain you yes, something. And, and once you start down that road, there's no way to get off that road. <laughs> like, <there's> no, <laughs> you just have to stop the car because yeah. there's really no way to get off of it. There's no, once you start moving from God empowers me, God has anointed me. I'm being who I'm called to be. Mm-hmm. And the influence that comes with that, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. But if I'm not going to step off of that and start trying to do something myself, because the moment I do that, if I start to gain influence from being something I'm not, mm-hmm. now how do I get out of that? That is, that is literally... You're now you've you've now eaten the cheese and the trap is closed. I think the only way now you, you can get off of it, but I'm saying yeah. it becomes much more difficult for a person. Well, I think the only way you get off of it though is full stop humiliation. That's the yeah. thing. Along that road, mm. the further down you go, it's either you are gonna eat your humble pie, right? You, you just go ahead and I'm gonna <laughs> take this medicine because I know I yeah. need it. Or humility is going to come and smack me in the face because I'm going to do something out of bounds. I'm going to find myself in something precarious that I should have never, you know what I mean, been involved in. How many people have we seen, unfortunately, walk that road, right? A broken marriage, some type of infidelity, some type of, you know, I skimmed off the top and I was taking money that I wasn't supposed to. And, you know, there's something that comes um, to humble humble you because ultimately that's that's the only thing that's going to prevents you from diving over the deep end into real mm. narcissism. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you see it even in you see it even in secular society outside of because the principles of God are they extend into the world. Yeah. Uh, you see it even in secular society apart from what is quote unquote the will of God for their life. Just someone out in the in the public eye uh, becoming a a wealthy actor or celebrity becoming a wealthy uh, entertainer of some kind. And they have to become something they're not to to gain, right? Yeah. And they look up and they hate their life. Yeah. 
And now here's a person who probably gets ex- escorted in and out. Yes. They get catered to hand to foot. Absolutely. They get they get they get every they live a life of three people, yeah. right? Uh, and and they live better than most will ever know, but they can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's it's the cheese. You ate the cheese in the <laughs> trap, the right? You know that that that's the thing Satan lures you into, just yeah. like he like you brought up with Jesus, and he does that a lot of times through comparison for us, yeah. because we don't do like. Uh, John did, and we don't do like the Apostle Paul did. We don't take joy in our own measure. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're sitting there and you're you have a business, or you're the pastor of a church, uh, or, or you're you're somebody in some capacity, and you're looking at what you have to do, and it's doing good, but it's not like what somebody else is doing, or it doesn't seem as big, or as broad, or as influential, or uh, your name is not as great. That's not the time for you to go, okay, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Yeah, 10 steps. See, because the, moment, the right. moment you make that thought, take that thought, I should say, not make it, but take it. The moment you take that thought, what am I doing wrong? You have now shifted all focus, right? Absolutely. Right in the middle of that. It doesn't seem like it, but you shifted all focus off of a calling and a plan from God for your life into what I Something need to I'm do. Doing. Yeah, to yeah. try and catch up with the perceived success of what I see around me. So just in taking that one thought, it is a seismic shift in your perspective, whether you know it or not. And see, and this is how Satan works. He works in that mind of ours. He works on the emotions. And then people start thinking, oh, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. I'll never forget when I first, uh, when we first took over the, the ministry here and we started pastoring. And uh, I, I know I... I've been in ministry for a long time, so I've been around it. I've seen it. I've been blessed by God to uh, not only travel with my brother over the years, but just to just blessed to see his ministry grow, to see him travel, to to go places, to be in places and meet people and travel all over the place. And so I've seen ministry at different sizes, different levels of reach, different levels of impact and effect, and uh, and so I was kind of very aware of of what goes on out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm very aware of kind of how things work and how things move. Mm-hmm. And um and and I was when, when we took over the church, I was like, "Okay, God, I know this is your will. I know you're wanting us to do this. I came to you and you were like, "Yeah, baby, I believe it's God's will for us. We need to do it." So we were in agreement. I'm in agreement with my brother. My brother's in agreement. The the covering over our church is in agreement. Every there's so much agreement. So I know this is a God thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we're stepping out to do it, and I'm telling you, like maybe that first or second Sunday I stood up to minister. Now I've been in this church for years, <laughs> but for whatever reason now, standing up as the pastor is different. Sure. It's totally different. Sure. And so the first thought that comes to my mind is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You need to do something. You need to do this. What are you going to do? You need to do that. You need to do And I get all of these, these, this bombardment of thoughts, yeah. right? And the first thing, thanks be to God for grace, for a praying wife, for a praying covering, for all of that, you know, because the first thing I was able to ascertain is I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I know that sounds deep. I, maybe it sounds, maybe it doesn't sound deep at all. Maybe it sounds uh, negligent, but I was like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. 
Because the first thing I'm going to do is I'm not going to respond to anxiety. Amen. I'm not going to respond to fear. Yeah. I'm not going to respond to pushy thoughts. Absolutely. I'm not going to respond to this, this need to perform, hmm. this need to do. So I'm going to actually downshift and move slower on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, because I know that's not God. I know that's not his voice because right. his voice doesn't create anxiety. It doesn't create anxiousness. It doesn't create uh, longing and comparison and what do you need to do and you got to do. No, no, no. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to chill out. I'm going to pray and I'm just going to preach the word and I'm going to wait to be led by still waters Amen. because that's what my shepherd does. Amen. He's going to lead me by still waters. He's going to give me what he wants me to do, but it's not going to come with all of this hullabaloo of, uh, gotta go, gotta, <laughs> gotta go, go, gotta, gotta go, gotta go right now, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so once you learn that, the things just start happening. Yeah. Favor yeah. kicks in, grace happens, and all of it is an act of grace. All yeah. of it is, is, a, is a function of the anointing and a function of you being obedient to the course that he has you on. And it's sweatless. Yes. You look up and everything is going up, and you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything so much as, you know, self-effort. It's all the grace and the goodness of God. But it's also, and I'll let you testify to this, but I would think it's also the fact that that voice gets a lot less. And I, oh, I don't, God, you know, yes. Satan learns to shut oh. up because he knows he can't bait yeah, me into something that absolutely. he was trying to move me to do. When I just said, no, I'm not going to do that. No, 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 no. It, I'm it's, just going to trust. It, it's, it's basically non-existent yeah, at this point. I don't. Go. I don't even think about those kinds of things. But that's resisting the devil, right? Yeah. And he will he'll flee. Yeah, and you have to do it though. You have to do it at the beginning. Yes, absolutely. And this is what absolutely. you have to do it at the start. When you start getting those comparison thoughts, what are you going to do thoughts? Oh, you need to do this thought. Oh, why don't you follow that one and this and it, it, when you start getting you know the thoughts. Everybody knows <laughs> them. We we are aware of these things. Yeah. What you've got to arrest those thoughts immediately. Yeah. You can't wait. You can't entertain them and try to figure out, you know, no, arrest those things immediately. Because what you don't want to do is follow those things, not recognizing that when you do, you're actually turning over whatever God called you to do into Satan's hands. Amen. He's becoming now the agent for your ministry, calling, business, or whatever it is you have. Mm -hmm. He's now leading it. Yeah. He's running it because <laughs> you're following his thoughts. So now he's the one directing what you're doing. And he's telling you what actually validates what you're doing. Right? Exactly. He's the one trying to provide the validation, which means he's putting a rabbit out in front of you, and he's just going to keep holding that rabbit because <laughs> there's no oh, validation man. that he can offer. And he sets whatsoever. a whole different criteria for what success is. Oh, no doubt about and it. And he will have you chasing Stakes that rabbit. Oh, boy. The eyes get bigger. You, the, <laughs> you'll yeah. be chasing that rabbit. You'll be chasing that rabbit, and you will be broke as the Ten Commandments. You, your marriage will be struggling. Absolutely. Your emotions will be fried. Your mind will be overburdened and overrun, and you will find yourself in a position to not to be a shell of what you're supposed to be, yeah. of who you're supposed to be, and to be walking in the, the, the grace you're supposed to be walking in. And that's how he cheats us with this comparison thing. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because I wanted you, those that are listening, if you, if you find yourself in this, I want you to be able to overcome it. Mm 
so that you can walk in the fullness and the freedom and the freshness of your grace. I'm telling you what God has planned for you is so big. Oh, listen to me. It's so much greater than anything you could create on your own, Mm. but God's going to lead you and he's going to lead you step by step. He's going to lead you in increments. He's going to prove you. He's going to teach you trust. He's going to teach you humility. He's going to teach you all of these lessons along the way that cannot be skipped if you want his best. They cannot be skipped. You have to learn them. But he's going to lead you by this way that is going to lead into greater and greater blessing. But you've got to be willing to go. You can't let Satan derail you with comparison. And you have to recognize, you have to be like Paul. You have to be able to say, look, this is my measure. This is my measure of rule, my measure of influence, my measure of grace, and I'm okay with that. You got to be like John. You got to know who you're not, and you got to be okay with that. You got to be able to say, look, there are those out there who are doing more than me. Praise God. There are those out there that are anointed to go further than me. Praise the Lord. I'm going to go as far as I'm supposed to go. It doesn't mean I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be mediocre or I'm going to just sit down and be lazy. Oh, not at all. Right? It doesn't mean I'm going to just not do anything. Mm. I'm going to be effective and impactful in my calling, but I'm not going to compare myself to anybody else because everything that glitters ain't gold. <laughs> right? Everything that shines ain't a diamond. You get up close on it and you go, oh, that ain't a diamond. That's broken glass. <laughs> you know? And so, so we have to learn. We have to really learn, man, that we, wherever you are in God's call for your life, be okay with that. Yeah. Be at home. Please be at home in that. And when you sit down and you settle in God's plan for your life and you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he begins to exalt you just like he said in the way that he said. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray that today you've gotten something out of this. And I, like I said, this is one of those things in talking about purpose and talking about God's call on our lives. This is one of those things that I, I, I sound like a broken record, I know, but you can't really, I like to use the phrase microwave your understanding of it. You have to really spend time unlocking and meditating on a lot of the truths that the Word of God gives us concerning purpose, and it's all throughout the Word. And so we wanted to take a few weeks, and we're going to continue this next week, where we're just unpacking different levels of understanding concerning our call and concerning our purpose, because the moment we do this, the moment we get a full understanding of it, the more we're able to be effective in our calling, be effective in our grace, be effective in what God has called us to do. And so if you are part of our family at Christ Nations Church, both near or far, share this with your family and friends. Give them something to meditate on, and I pray that it was a blessing to you. My wife and I will be back again next week, and until then, God bless you and God loves you, and we'll see you then.